In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success and who to find it? That's the big question. Is it measurable? Can you obtain it? Can you dream it? Can you hold it? I'm on a quest to redefine how we view success, and I'd like to bring you on this journey. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It's the real stories behind success. This is episode number 40. My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and today's guest, Dan Cushell, joins us. He's going to be answering that one important question the whole show is based on. What is your definition of success? You know, imagine for a moment we took money off the table. What would it be? We're going to find out in just a moment. A couple things about Dan. He's a husband, a dad, a serial entrepreneur, an angel investor. He's also the co-founder and chairman and CEO of Breakthrough X. He helps business owners like you connect the dots, see the blind spots, and get unstuck by helping you to implement unique sales and marketing systems so you get more clients, growth, and profits, and have a bigger impact, reach, and contribution. So please welcome to the show my dear friend, Dan Cushell. Tony, it's a pleasure to be with you, brother. How are you? I am good. Like we had a little (laughs) pre-conversation. Let's get you to answer the question first, and then I'm going to really dive into that answer when I said good in just a minute. Question for you is, what is your definition of success? Wow. uh, Loaded question. What is my definition of success? I would say it's being able to do what you want with who you want, when you want. And you know, for me, that shows up a lot of ways, Tony. So we were talking in prep for the show, like my son has taken up football. He's 10, right? So just to put it in perspective, but he's 10 and taking up football. And right now he really loves it, really enjoys it. And I've been able to attend almost every one of his practices, every game. I've been able to be there to do practices with him, work out with him and be present with him. So it's, you know, I would say it's being present. My wife and I, you know, success, we are very fortunate and blessed like a lot of people to be able to do a lot of trips and a lot of cool things. But for us, the definition of success in our relationship is to take a walk, you know, up to the local place here where we can get a coffee for her and a tea for me and we can hold hands and we can be present and we can laugh and we can joke or it's going to a comedy show and being able to just laugh and be together. And so for me, those are a couple of ways it shows up and how I would define it. No, I think it's powerful. And I wrote something very specific. I actually drew something as well. I drew a box, like almost like an eight by 11 piece of paper with some check marks next to it, right? Because you want to be able to do what you want with who you want, when you want. I get that. But then there's that presence piece about holding your wife's hand, taking the walk to the corner store, getting a cup of coffee or tea or spending time being able to coach your son or whatever that may look like. It's a little bit different for each person, but the present piece is included in all of them. Yes. I love that. That's fascinating. So what we're going to do today is we're going to unpack a little bit about who Dan Cushell is as we go up success month. We're going to talk about your wins, your losses, and some of the struggles and maybe life lessons you've learned. I'll be your Sherpa up the mountain, pulling and tugging and come on, Dan, you can do it. Uh, Open up a little bit more, share some, be vulnerable. We'll get to the top and we're going to pause for the cause on a cliffhanger. So I'm always looking for that Sylvester Stallone type cliffhanger. Like, where can we leave the audience? Because I want them inspired, but knowing that it's coming, right? You know, it's going to happen. Right. Han Solo is going to die in the movie. You still want to watch <laughs> the movie. So we'll get to the top and then you're going to be the Sherpa on the way down, leading us through kind of life lessons that you've really discovered for yourself that have worked, things that you know to be true and things that you're constantly being open-minded to and evolving. And then we'll go to the fulfillment round. We'll ask you a bunch of random questions. There's no phone a friend, no lifelines, just you, me, just answering, having some fun, getting to know you a little bit deeper. And I hope to have just an incredible day. If you're ready to exercise, I'm ready to take the first step with you. You ready? 
Let's do it. All right. Tell me a little bit about kind of your upbringing, just so I get kind of where you grew up from, family members, et cetera. And then we'll kind of figure out your high school and go through that process. So short version is, Tony, I grew up in the inner city of Detroit and you know, I wasn't around a lot of affluence or wealth or anything like that. And for me, I thought the way out of the city was actually going to be sports. And so at a very early age, I fell in love with the idea of sports and the idea of making a lot of money in sports. And, you know, I played three sports, basketball, football, baseball, but baseball was the one I excelled at the most. And I remember being in uh, fourth or fifth grade and they, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a professional baseball player and having kids laugh at me up and, you know, while I was up in front of the room and they're laughing in the thing. And I went after it. And I'll never forget because I'm so thankful, Tony, that my dad introduced me to uh, personal development. Mm. And I got to go to my first sports seminar, sports clinic, whatever you want to call it. I went to a place called Eastern Michigan University, which is this, uh, it's like this redheaded stepchild of University of Michigan. Anybody from Eastern will probably hate me for saying that, but it's kind of true. But I went to a clinic there and I'll never forget. I remember the coach, Ron Ostrike, and his assistant that were there. And there was a manual they gave us that I still have to this day, it's in my storage unit now, but there's a page in that manual that I'll never forget. And it still applies today. And in that manual at the top, it had three letters, PMA. And then it says positive mental attitude is success in life. Baseball and sport is 90% mental, the rest physical, right? And then it had some other, but I remember that distinctly. And so imagine being 10 and having the good fortune to be introduced to that kind of a foundation right? And, you know, not only in sports, but in life, and then ultimately now in business many years later. So my dad was a catalyst for me. He was there for me. He was a coach, but I watched my dad go through a lot of tough times. He worked for a big auto manufacturer. He was laid off about nine, 10 times. So there was a lot of uncertainty. A few times we were on welfare. I remember one time when I was like 12 or 13, going through a grocery store aisle with food stamps, being laughed at because I didn't even have enough to get the stuff that my mom had sent me to get. And I was embarrassed and humiliated. And I swore like to myself and in my heart, I'm never going to go through this and never put my kids through this ever. And so for me, that's, I think, was a big part of my journey of why being a business owner, why being an entrepreneur was such an important part of my life to do the opposite of like what I saw or witnessed with my dad with all kinds of uncertainty and no real certainty. Then on top of that, my mom, and we were talking a little bit about this before the show too, is, you know, my dad is like someone I look at. He's a person who's incredibly loyal and loving. And my mom's incredibly loving. However, she's got a lot of challenges and she's Mm -hmm. actually, she suffers from mental issues, you know, depression, major depression. In fact, she's labeled clinically with being bipolar, paranoid, schizophrenic. She takes about 15 or so, maybe 20 medications for it. She's had over seven shock treatments, which Tony, if you know, as you probably do, it's illegal in many states. And, you know, I got to watch this like experience of my mom. And so for me, another side of why I'm doing what I'm doing today is because of this upbringing I have is I wanted to study the mind Mm. and find out like what triggers the mind, what puts us, you know, in many ways, probably to make sure I didn't end up in a place like my mom, always depressed and always sad and with all these different things going on. And so, so, so that is kind of the backstory of the foundation that I think is a big part of my driving forces. Well, yeah, because you talked in the beginning, there's a lot to unpack, right? So yeah. I'm like, I'm already out of breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot. Right. You talk about your dad being laid off multiple times, you know, growing up in Detroit, didn't have everything going on. 
but there was a work ethic that he instilled in you. You got the personal development, you got the upbringing that you did. And then somehow that rubbed off on what you're currently doing, right? Wanting yeah. to help your son and learning about giving back and the importance of kind of the personal development stuff and how that has played such a vital role into your career. I hope we get to talk about some of the big things that you've got to do over the years and also sitting in these offices late at night, just banging your head against the wall going, how's it all going to work out? Like I, I've had some really interesting conversations behind the scenes with you. And you know what I love most about bringing somebody that I know really, really well is I know that we can stretch faster because there's so much context of knowledge already in play. So somebody listening saying, all right, dude, what is it? So let's talk about your twenties and kind of getting into what is your passion? You know, we talked offline before and online about contribution, right? You want to make a difference. You want to leave the world a better place. And your whole thing is about contribution. So if you want to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, you got to make sure that there's a ton of value in your kind of intro bio. We were talking about how you help business owners to connect the dots, You've been able to help me connect the dots and I was giving you kudos before the show of, man, I love it. Every time I read anything from you, it's very precise. I understand exactly what's going to happen and I know that it's backed by experience. So how did that happen? How did a guy like you coming from Detroit get all that to kind of go like, wow, for you? Yeah, I think it's influences. You know, uh, I didn't know it at the time, you know, but I was a big Tony Robbins follower early on in my journey. You know, I, my first mentor, I believe, was Tom Hopkins, Brian Tracy, and then Tony, Tony Robbins. And, oh, not me? Come on. <laughs> well, I don't think we met until in the last five years. So this is all the way back in the 80s. Okay. Right? I got introduced while I was in college, Tony, to direct response marketing. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. My sister actually got me a position part-time while I was going to school with this direct mail company. And I got so fascinated by it, like how you could put a message in the mail. And then we were also doing TV stuff at that time and radio stuff where you'd put a direct response ad on the radio and you put a direct response ad on TV. And literally people would call as soon as you'd run it. Right. And I got fascinated. And so I took a deep dive in and started studying Tom Hopkins and Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins, went to Tony's events way back then before they were the thing and they were really cool and mainstream and all that sort of stuff. And I'll never forget, Tony had shared something that today still has an impact. He's, you know, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Mm. Right. That was really critical. And I think in my DNA today, and funny that DNA also is Dan inverted. And then separate of that, is the thing that he teaches, which is find someone, he calls it modeling, which is find someone who has the result you want, do what they do, and you can get what they've got, right? And so, so many times, Tony, right, you know, when we're looking for an answer of a business problem, a relationship problem, whatever, we, a lot of times we lean on the what or the how, right? And the longer I do this, I imagine you're in a similar boat, I realize that, yeah, the how, the, asking the question is really critical, the how or the what. But finding the who, who is the best at being able to answer this question <laughs> saves you so much time and ultimately it's going to save you a whole lot of money, right? So it's more of a who than a how or a what. And so for me, when I was in my 20s, I have to admit, Tony, I fell off into a deep depression after baseball because I truly in my heart thought that was what I was meant to be. And I went through multiple injuries of my shoulder, my elbow, and it was very, uh, it just took, depleted a lot of energy from me. And then I was like, you know, there's a reason that I love this like psychology and direct response marketing. And so I kind of just took some baby steps at it and decided to start my first company in 1992. I was through my senior year of college and hadn't finished, but I was like, what would I do if I couldn't fail? Sure. 
And I started and we, we would go out to health club owners and that's what that was our specialty was that niche. And we would go to them. If you were a health club owner, we'd come to you and go, hey, if we could actually guarantee you a couple hundred new clients or members in the next 60 days or less, and it wouldn't cost you anything up front. Our company will run direct mail for you, radio and TV. We'll front the money to run it and then we'll split the profits on the back end. Would you be open to it? <laughs> that was our end, right? And it was basically what I learned. And, and I'm, I'm kind of deconstructing it today. I don't think I even realized what I was sitting on top of all the way back then, but it was essentially it was an irresistible offer, right? So we led with an irresistible offer and then we actually had the goods to deliver. And fortunately, I was able to help a lot of different health clubs do this. And we'd go in there and infuse a lot of different clients into their business and I grew. And then I had another situation where I had to learn about business, right? You mentioned in the opening, I think, but in my history since 92, I've started 11 companies, right? So what does that mean? Like, what does that mean when someone says you've started all these companies? Here's what it, one side of it that most don't talk about. It means I had to bury a few of my companies in the freaking backyard, <laughs> right? And, you know, Just a you few. throw them in the thing and dig a hole and toss it, right? And that means I've had some failures along the way. I've had some, you know, nice successes too. But I think I've learned mostly, and I think I learned this playing baseball. You know, you make more outs than you get hits. So you learn more from the failing than you do the succeeding. And I look at that in business today. It's the failures if you choose to take that approach. And what I see, Tony, from a lot of people is they're, you know, they shut down when they run into a wall. When in reality, that wall is just an indicator. It's like an irritated oyster does what? It creates a pearl. So on the other side of a wall, on the other side of irritation, on the other side of facing an adversity, there's a real breakthrough. And so my journey, it seems that you know what I'm fit to do today is to help business owners break through to be able to get more new clients, generate more sales and do it in a way where it's not relying on referrals or networking or hustle or charm or any of that sort of stuff. But it all started because of those experiences and some of the failures. And the biggest failure back then for me, Tony, was you know, I started building up a huge amount of momentum, millions of dollars in business. And then my best friend, business partner <laughs> decided to empty the bank account and vanished. And here I had to like literally start it all over again from scratch. And so it left me in a place of vulnerability, being scared, not knowing what to do, who to trust. And I mean, that'll take your, and I had a choice. I had a choice to, you know, go back and maybe go back and take the route of getting a job because maybe that's safer. But no, me, I'm kind of a slow learner. You know, I started multiple companies after that and have since done that, sold some, exited some, et cetera. What's been the biggest challenge up until kind of, as you talked about kind of this journey that you've gone on? I love the fact that you were able to look back at people that you followed, mentors and coaches and things, you know, because I know anybody that you sit around and talk to long enough, they're going to tell you some things to avoid. I want to learn some of the things that you've been exposed to kind of through having good coaches, mentors, and people that you followed, right? Like what are some lessons that have kind of always been there that you've known? And then has there ever been a time in your life where you didn't pay attention to what you know, and then all of a sudden it came back to bite you in the butt? Oh, God. <laughs> Tony, you know me well enough, so you'll call me on it if I don't just take the approach of just speaking the truth. I'm a really slow learner, and for some reason, I'll take on a lot of pain unnecessarily. <laughs> Maybe like a lot of entrepreneurs, I'm ADD, ADHD, and you know, I haven't met an opportunity I don't like to some degree, so I say yes to my dismay sometimes. So a couple things that pop up, like 
trying to be relevant to your audience and respectful because there's so many things. I mean, the list is limitless, frankly. <laughs> uh, the biggest thing that I'm working on is what we opened the show with, Tony. Yep. Is this idea of being present because I haven't always been present. In fact, I've been far less present most of my life than present because it's always as a type A personality, achievement oriented. It's been a lot about crossing things off to-do lists and to-done lists and accomplishment lists and goal lists. And, and I have to say for many years, not only when I was a kid in sports and all these cool things that I was fortunate and then in business and all these things that have happened and accomplished, I will say that almost 80% of it, I didn't enjoy it. I can remember, I'll give a very direct example that ideally, viscerally will connect with everyone here. I was, was very fortunate to go out on a like dream come true trip, like on a place called Necker Island, right? Which a lot of celebrities go to. And, and I think you've been there too, which Necker Island and have Richard Branson on the island for the seven days that I was on it. I had a chance to sit in the back of a boat with Richard Branson for an hour and ask him questions. And there were three of us, my buddy Joshua and Tellman and a couple other cool, cool, and we're just having a conversation. And I remember getting back from that boat thing like the next day. And it was like, I got so disconnected to everything going on in that moment that I was like, okay, I got to get back so I can go get these other things done. It was sad. And so today, what I really have tried to do, Tony, I think in learning from that experience is slow the game down to enjoy all the moments, the good ones, the bad ones, to slowly, mm-hmm. like why is the example that I used up front, taking a walk with my wife so important for me being grounded? It's a metaphor for life. It's about breathing in life. And when you breathe, ideally, you're breathing slowly. When you take a walk, you're breathing <laughs> and you're talking. You, know, you can talk to your significant other, your spouse, in my case, my wife, right? Because most of my life, I spent it in a full-on sprint. And I'm the type of personality, and you know me well enough to, I only know one speed at that time, either fully on at 100 miles an hour or it's completely off. I don't have like a middle switch. And, you know, my wife reminds me of this regularly, even now. And, um, you know, she even openly will say, like, if we're at dinner together, she'll say, you know, my husband's kind of like a bull in a china shop. So I own that today. I don't try to hide from it, but I have learned to create boundaries in my life. But the present one is the one I'm most focused on, enjoying the moments, all of them, good and bad slowing the game down to take it in, that it's a marathon and a walk for me. That's important as a metaphor versus trying to sprint at it all and get all these things done. And how did it bite me? Coming to your direct question. So imagine, you know, you build up like a few companies that are like your dream come true and and being able to do that. And you build up momentum and you go from like 200,000 in business to like 500,000 in business to two and a half million in business to 5 million to 12 million to 25 million to 28 million, which is the trajectory. And then all of a sudden you have a two-year-old daughter and then your son is born. You're your bambino, your little pride and joy, if that's what you wanted. And for me, it certainly was. And two weeks after your son is born, you wake up with heart pains and you end up in a hospital and you go through four days and surgery and sign disclaimers that say you have a one in X chance of dying on the table. And for me, what was that? It was a wake-up call. And Tony, you and I have talked about this in the past, but here I was building what I thought was American dream. And in that experience of being in the hospital, I had to look in the mirror and really look at what I had done for 10 years. I had such bad health habits. I had lived on adrenaline, sleeping only two hours to three hours a night on average, maybe four at the most 
for a decade. I burned out. Essentially, I burned out. Thankfully, I've recovered. And you know this because we've talked about it. I've lost over 65 pounds and kept it off for several years now. I feel great. I'm like, I'm training with my son, which by the way, I don't recommend when you're 50 or 49, which is what I am. I'm doing ladder drills and sprints and these crazy freaking drills. And you know, and I'm doing it with my son, which is such a gift. But you know, just 10 years ago or 12 years ago, when I went through this, I mean, I was 65 pounds heavier. I was like job of the hut. And <laughs> what I found from that, Tony, is that, you know what? You can have it all. You can have your cake and eat it too, but you got to, there's a healthier way, a better way, a new way. Like I don't believe in balance. Some people talk about balance and I'm not one to really believe in balance because if you're an achiever, you're going to be dysfunctional in a few other areas. But how I feel about it is it's an integrated life. So like I'm not living separately of my kids or my family. I'm doing it with my family. Right. Right. I'm doing it with my team in the company. Right. It's an inclusive thing, not like I'm compartmentalizing of like my front stage business is different than my backstage home. No, I've found for me anyway, and I'm not sure that this will work for everybody, but I believe personally in just trying to be as full centered or 360 or integrated as possible, both front and backstage. And for me, I found that that really works well. The boundaries that I've set up, I've really simplified where you talked about, you know, even the intro, I've just slowed so many things down to work to simplify, like success for me on a daily basis. Like how do I measure it now? It's really simple. I wake up in the morning, usually between five and five thirty ish. I exercise for about an hour each day. I write as part of this process in my journal. And I have a few key questions like, what am I grateful for? What am I happy about? What have I done well today? Or my buddy, Alex Charfin, I think you know Alex too. Our buddy, Alex, he's got a couple questions I've added in. What's my intention for today? What was I uncomfortable with yesterday? What can I do to transform that today? Those getting the right questions in that framing and then a, a version of meditation in that first hour to hour and a half of the day, man, really locks me in. And emotionally, for me, that fuels me. And then the end of the day, I do prayer. Like I love nothing more than being able to say a prayer with my son and pray over him and similarly with my daughter and then asking each, you know, my kids and then my wife, like, what are you grateful for today? And then being able to personally reflect on that. And for me, those bookends of my days really create the framework to be far more present because I'm not, I don't claim to be perfect at it, frankly, but far more present, enjoy the good and the bad on a regular basis. And I think that gives me the ability to be whole and fulfilled. And I love it. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick little break. We're going to come right back. We're talking to Dan Cushell today. And, and in the very beginning, you know, kind of like, what do I want out of my life? Like, what's my definition of success, right? And I still get the picture so vivid. It's just grabbing my wife, holding her hand, walking down the street. Like that's a present moment that I got to remind myself, right? I was walking with my wife last night. I had some friends with me and we were kind of walking all kind of not really in an order. We were just kind of just walking. And I got with you this present walking together, very visual, right? Coming up on 50, you're talking about a lot of things that life has thrown at you and a lot of opportunities that you've been able to adjust, pivot and work on. And, and I like the whole mindset about getting up five to 5.30-ish. I like the ish part because I'm an ish person sometimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm ish. I want to get out of bed and ish. I'm just going to stay in bed. And what was so really clear for me is, is there's a routine. And we're going to come back talking to Dan Cushell as he, his, he becomes a Sherpa and taking us down Success Mountain today. And, 
and really just taking us more through that, right? Let me give you some things that have worked for me. Let me see if they'll work for you. So we're going to find that out and so much more. We're going to talk about coaching and being a father, having two amazing kids, all the dynamics of life and relationships and just how things unpack. We're going to talk about his business. We're going to talk about how his coaching platform and everything that he's doing is going to maybe, just maybe, be something that could be a breakthrough for you in your life or business on your journey of making sure that you don't have so many obstacles to overcome because the life track that's in front of us doesn't have to be paved with a bunch of hurdles. We can have really good, if I'm really honest with myself and I have good coaching and mentors around me, I'm going to miss out on some of the things that I don't need and focus on the things that I do need. And we'll be right back on the Beef of Hill show with today's guest, Dan Cushell. Are you suffering from marketing dysfunction? Are you not able to perform online as well as you could when you were younger? Unable to keep up with the intimate demands of buying product, running offers, and shipping items to your customers? Say hello to Ship Offers, clinically proven to enhance the growth and longevity of your business. Get some today at shipoffers.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Be Fulfilled Show. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. It is the real stories behind success. You know, the ones if we took money off the table, wonder what the guests would say. Dan Cushell gave a, just a perfect answer today. We're going to ask him to repeat it because I think it's so important that when we get to it, it's this thing that we chase. We chase it like it's going to be the fad of all fads. And if we don't get it, we're going to feel like we have FOMO and we're going to miss out. And he simplified that answer down to something very specific. So we're going to ask Dan to repeat it in just a minute. But we're talking about today, the thing that's the golden opportunity, the thing that if you can spend more of your time working on, which is designing something that works for you instead of chasing everybody else's version or vision of success and what that looks like for them. And you're like, you know what? I want to simplify my life. I actually want to get back to where I'm actually enjoying what I'm doing and I'm ultimately present in this moment and all the other stuff that's going on around me. Is it really that important? We're going to ask Dan now that one important question again. What was your definition of success? Be present and enjoy the moment. I mean, it's not needing to be much more difficult than that. (laughs) And I say difficult because being present is also difficult. Yeah. And then the, all you got to do is go, okay, for you, because it is an individual thing. I don't believe it's a one size fits all, right? It's not the same answer for everybody. So then if you take that as your frame, then go, okay, well, what has to happen for you to feel present and to feel like you're enjoying the moment? And for me, it just happens to be like a walk with my wife and holding her hand or going in like tonight, I'm going to go do this crazy training with my son and do these ladder drills and these sprints. And then I enjoy that with him. I wanted to see what you look like when you were 60 pounds heavier trying to do the ladder <laughs> drills. And then, you know, those those commercials where it's like the TV show and they say, here's your old self and here's your new self. What the old <laughs> self would say in the moment of doing those ladder drills, like <gasps> you got to lose some weight, brother. Like if we don't lose weight, I may not make the ladder drill next time. <laughs> yeah, I would probably find a way to delegate someone else to run those. Wow. <laughs> Man, that's amazing that you just said that. I think that's also really cool, right? Like the old Dan may say, you know what? It's a lot of work. But the new Dan, because you're simplifying so many systems and processes, right? And I read back to kind of helping you to really stay present and true and focused on how you help your clients to implement unique sales and marketing systems so that they can get more clients' growth and profits, right? Imagine if you are 
overweight, out of shape, not at the top of your game, smoking, drinking, doing all the things that are taking you away, not present. What does your business life look like? Probably what your personal life looks like, or if not, it's heading for a heart attack. It's heading for, as you ended up in a surgery, like life happens and you're signing a piece of paper saying, okay, I hope it all works out. Like, because we are so caught up in chasing, we're forgetting to be. Before we can go on any journey, we need to know where we're going. Otherwise, I think we just go in circles. And yes. we're talking about that. What has life been like kind of since you kind of got this rebirth for you, right? Like, you've had this opportunity to come back from surgery, come back from, you know, ups and downs in your business to now where you're at today. Let's talk about life today for Dan and the lessons that you have learned so you can help today's listener get the most breakthroughs that they possibly can experience because you're one wicked smart guy. And I love every time I've ever talked to you, I've always left encouraged and inspired to go find transformation in my life and make more of it happen. Well, thank you, Tony. Again, it's an honor to be here. You know, I think it comes down to just, you know, what are the habits that serve you, right? To be your best, right? Because there's habits. I mean, I had habits, right? I think I heard Joe Pollard say this or Dennis Waitley say, you know, winners find ways, right? You have ways if you lose too, and they come down to habits. And you know, the idea is are they peak performance habits or are they habits that are really taking you off track? And for me, the habits I've identified are you know, exercise is really critical on a daily basis, a sense of gratitude, meditation, those are just non negotiables each day, prayer, right? And you know, whatever that might be for you, you know, to a higher power or whoever you look at from that perspective is your thing. But what are those? high achievement habits that will support you, or as our good friend, you know better even than I, Sean Stevenson, right, who you've had on. And Sean talks about, you know, what is the self-care for you that you've got to put in place and getting crystal clear. So those are a couple things, Tony, that I think make the ultimate differences. Today, I just create a better system to give myself self-care and clearly know what that self-care is doing for me, whether it's mental clarity, and it's in a few areas, mental, physical, social, spiritual, emotional, and financial, right? And working to get better at those things every day. Man, I can't wait. I'm sitting here as you're explaining kind of your practice in the morning and everything that you're going through. I can't wait to get you a copy of my new journal. I really, it's something that you're talking about Alex and his questions and the little self-starter things that sometimes we forget to like look at, right? Like I have a lot to be grateful for. So one of the questions that I'm going to ask you is, can you list five people that you're grateful for right now that aren't immediate friends and family? Like the people that you talk to or call on a regular basis. Can you shout out five? Easily. Easily. So you're one of my five. Vinny Fisher is another one. Joe Polish, Kevin Thompson, my dad, right? And I could keep going if you want. I love it. So when you get really grateful, so pick one of the five. Yep. And I want to ask you, why are you grateful for them? So pick a person like your dad, pick your dad. I'll just suggest you pick your dad. What is something that you're grateful for that you would speak into the world so your dad would hear this and understand your level of gratitude? So easily that one is leadership, right? Leadership is as leadership does. Anybody can be a leader when it's a sunny day. My dad has demonstrated over the years that he can be a leader when it's cloudy, rainy, thunderstorms, tornadoes. And I've just watched him be a husband to my mom, which in her mental condition over the years is not easy. I mean, it's not. Leadership is not easy. And like right now, he's, we're dealing with some stuff as a family where today, literally at the time of the session, you know, my dad texted me and let me know that his wife, his beloved wife, may actually lose her arm. And 
you know, I think of that from so many different angles. One is him. He's there with her side by side at her bedside with the stuff that she's going through. But then the other side of it is my dad is going to be there to help her be that arm for her as a leader. My dad demonstrated that with me, demonstrated it with my sister. Anybody that's ever come in contact and been fortunate to call my dad a friend, he's always been that person to be there. He's been like a rock. So, I, and there's more, but you know, I'll leave it at that. I know you have a podcast show. Yep. Right. Growth to Freedom. Have you ever interviewed your dad? I haven't, but that's a great idea. So thank yeah, you for that. That's one thing that I missed out on is the opportunity to have interviewed my father. And so about a year and a half ago, my wife said, do you think it'd be all right if you know I brought my dad in and you would help to record some sessions? I'd love to just ask my dad some questions. And I said, sure. And we spent four hours unpacking life. Mm. And I put them all in a Dropbox and we were able to get them. So now they're on his phone and her phone and they can listen and he can hear the old stories of Vietnam and, you know, having kids and holding a daughter and talking. And, and it was so powerful that that when you were sharing and the way you shared about your dad, it reminded me like that's available to us right now. And you don't have to be a professional podcaster. Your phone has, most phones have some recording device built in and you can just say, Hey mom, I'd like to ask you a question. Like, why do you love me more than you love my sister? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Right. Because then what you could do, which is really cool is you could actually send the voice memo. There's otter.ai, which is a new service, which, you know, I'm not promoting. I'm just telling you it's a new service. You can upload the file and it'll transcribe it and you can get all the information back to your parents parent and they can just see kind of their words on paper and you can almost like begin to have a little journal about sections in your family's life. That's what you just gave to me when you were talking about gratitude. That's how I was able to take and go, man, I got to do this. This I just, I got it. He can have a book, like a family book and he can just give this to his grandkids and say, this is my life story. Buddy, that is such a gift. Thank you. Seriously. No, I'm just sitting here thinking, man, like, Dan, you rock. Like, thank you for being vulnerable, sharing the hard stuff, sharing the stuff that's difficult, but knowing that you're somebody's listening today, just got an idea that they can implement into their life and it doesn't cost much, right? It costs time and we all have time if we make it and choose to actually implement it into our life. All right. Can we talk about your- And and as a side note, I will even say that what a gift that will be to do with my mom also. Yeah, definitely. Right. You said the arm, which- I, I'm like sitting here trying to not wipe tears away. Like I'm, I'm just, the impact of the show for me is it resonates at the core, right? I was at an event not too long ago with Jesse Itzler. Thankfully, Ed O'Keefe got a chance to put on an event and we got to go to Spanx headquarters and Jesse spoke and he said something that I saved it. I did the voice memo. I put it on my phone and I've sent it to my, my wife, I sent it to my kids. And, you know, when you ask somebody like, you know, how many more years do you think your parents have? Mm. And somebody's like, I don't know, 12. All right. How many times do you see your parents each year? And somebody says, two times. So you got 24 more times you're going to see your parents over the, let's say, the next 12 years of their life. Let's chunk that really down. Like you have barely any time. So like, could you put an extra one in, an an extra trip? Could you go spend some time flying, surprise them? Could you do the things? Could you do the recordings? Could you make more time if you knew you only had 24 more left visits? Mm -hmm. Like, let's be real, 24 more visits and then that's it. They're gone. And what you know of them, yeah, you can make phone calls, but are you really present when you're making phone calls, right? And I thought to me, I'm like, wow, you know? So I literally call my mom every day and I have, and I will 
always do that. I talked to her today. I asked her how she did yesterday. She went to a class. What did you do? And blah, 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 blah. We had a conversation and and I remind myself like, I haven't seen my mom, but once because of the difference in space, right? She lives in the UK six months and then lives in Vegas sometime in six months. And I'm here and like, it's hard to get together. And she was talking that she said, you know, she felt that she wished she got to know the grandkids, like spend more time with them. And I said to myself, well, we need to create more time together. And that's, that's why this whole thing, I think sometimes you digress a little bit on your podcast and you go and you follow the heart matter. The heart matter is, is like our parents are not getting any younger and we're in a situation in life where we are talented, you and me, we could figure out this thing. And anybody listening could figure out how to record their parents. So I love that, man. Thank you so much for even saying about your mom. That, that was awesome. Thank you. So, you know, on the show, this whole thing is about going on a journey. What are some things on the journey that have just brought so much joy to your heart? Just like some things like when you're looking at your customers and the clients that you work with, being able to help them to have wins, right? So let's celebrate a couple wins today that you've got to experience over your years. You mentioned some great people, Joe Polish, Kevin Thompson, Vinny Fisher. You mentioned some great people, but when you get to work doing what you do, you help business owners connect the dots, you know, see the blind spots, get unstuck. Let's celebrate some of those wins today. I'd love to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think one that I just truly love, you brought up Joe, which is, you know, Joe has a group called Genius Network and, you know, it's grown quite a bit over the last several years. And I was the third member in Genius Network when Joe started it. We met Joe and I met. He bought one of my initial programs years ago, and then we developed a relationship. He he started the group, invited me in. I was the third member, and I became a big advocate and started referring all kinds of people to Joe. And I was in the group for five years, and then I built up my companies, and I built it up to 175 employees. And then I sold two of my companies and was very fortunate, Tony, and blessed to exit and then take some time off. Mm. And it gave me a chance to work on my health. It gave me a chance to be present as a dad and some different really cool things. And then I came back into Genius Network you know, at that time and I was sitting in one of the meetings and one of the members, Richard says, what are you doing now? I'm like, well, I'm just working on fun independent projects and being a dad and working <laughs> on my health. And he says, would you ever think about teaming up with Joe and working with him? And I was like, well, I didn't know Joe needed any help. So number one, it's the idea that you know, don't assume, right? We've got to get ourselves out there and advocate for ourselves, which I will also say is historically, it's easier for me to promote other people than it is myself, right? And so uh, another thing that I've had a hard time with is just asking for help. I've been, you know, somebody who, when someone says, well, what do you need help with? Oh, I don't need any, but what do you need? And then I'll go out of my way to help them, but not necessarily advocate for myself. But in that moment, for whatever reason, I said, hey, yeah, let's have a chat. So Joe and I had a conversation, Tony. Long and the short of it is after about six months of conversation, we figured out we could work together. So he brought our company in. And at that time, Joe, who's one of the smartest marketers in the world, one of the smartest business people around, very successful company. And he would have been successful whether I'd have been a part of his world or not because he was already. But I looked at what he had going on or didn't have going on. And I I was like, wow, there's a lot to work with here. You've got a lot of good assets in place. You've got lists, you've got this, but what you don't have is, you know how Tony, a lot of businesses seem to struggle. They love the idea of wanting to market, but they struggle to actually get it in place. (laughs) Right? So true. Yeah, so true. And as great of a business person Joe was, I felt the same way, really looking in under the hood of the car. And so we were able to go in. And the year before I'd got there, Joe had 37 candidates for Genius Network for the whole year. And he had this annual event. He had just kind of started. It had 12 attendees besides the members. And there were 67 members in the group. 
So I came in and you know, looking at what I look at under the hood, and we started putting these things in place. And we essentially simplify the marketing. We implement marketing digital. And I'm not in love with any one tactic. It's a combination of pieces coming together. And lo and behold, fast forward a bit, what grew the company, we were able to help Joe. Even today, Joe gets over 100 applicants a month for Genius Network compared to 37 a year. So Joe's group grew from 67 to over 220 at last count. And his annual event went from like 12 attendees to now it sells out every year with over 100 guests attending. And he was able because of that momentum, exactly, that momentum to be able to create another group, which is now called the 100K group, right? So the company grew by over $3 million a year from the results of putting these pieces together, simplifying the marketing and putting a machine essentially in place. So it was more automated. And the blessing of it is, Tony, is watching this. I mean, Joe is one of those people who comes from contribution deep at his core. I mean, he's got a big vision for solving addiction issues and created genius recovery. He, you know, he's incredibly caring. And so business is a vehicle for him. And what I feel blessed about as a result of that experience. Yeah, growing the business by 3 million, of course, it's a great case study, right? I mean, who wouldn't want that? But watching Joe going from somebody who had almost all of his business on his shoulders based on his hustle, his charm, right? His wit, his connections to having an automated machine bringing him a steady stream of clients that were pre-qualified, pre-motivated, pre-interested and ready to do business, right? And now he's had the ability to really go into his deeper passion. That is a great example of something I just love being able to do is take these assets that people have that sometimes they don't even realize are assets and then bring them together, simplify it, put a machine in place, and then watch it help grow the company and help them get more into their vision. No, and I appreciate it. I mean, you were saying stuff that's very specific, right? Any business owner listening, there's an intention when you focus on your business, it grows. When you surround it with the right people who can help you see blind spots, once again, it kind of goes back to kind of the things that you help people with. It's one of my awareness tools is like, how do you help people? You know, most people don't know that they don't know what's going on. So you help to unpack some of the things. You're looking at a guy who's 100 plus applications every single month. His events were just getting busy and built. And then you brought, you know, a lot of extra eyes and attention and then systems get in place. And next thing you know, it's scalable and then it just explodes, right? You're talking about the 100K group, which is amazing. You're talking about people joining at 100K to be a part of a mastermind, like just boggles your mind, right? It does, yeah. Per year. Yes, per year, not per event. (laughs) Joe, you can work on that one one day too. All right. Man, I just got to tell you, it's been fascinating. I mean, I want to transition us into the fulfillment round in just a couple of minutes, but I want to ask you a specific question. Yeah. And I want to say this in such a loving, caring way. Sometimes as, as a host, you know, you've interviewed so many people that you wish the whole time that the host would ask you this one question, but you never got to it. So I'm going to ask you, was there something today that maybe you're thinking about, talking about beforehand, or maybe you just wanted to know that I didn't ask you? Wow, that's a good one. Well, here's what I, I can't help myself because frankly, and again, you know me, so you'd call me out on this one way or another anyway. Like I am not that comfortable talking about myself, <laughs> right? I'm just not. And like you have a way, you just have this gift to, you know, make it easy. And like, I don't know that I've ever shared this stuff about my mom. I certainly don't believe I've shared about the stuff with my dad. Right. And so you have an ease. And so I also want to turn this 
into a little bit of val- extra value because I'm sh- I got to believe there's some value. But you know, the little voice in my head is like, well, Dan, what would you recommend to a business owner to help them transform their business? And obviously, there's a lot, but I'd love to just share that real quick. And Please. I can do it less than now we're getting into the good stuff. Tony, shut up. Remember, <laughs> Dan is a powerful man. Let him speak. No, no, and so. Like I, I don't know if you hear this, Tony, but I hear a lot of this because of the way our business has gone and the direction we've shifted over the last nine months. And you know, I hear people going, you know, I've tried Facebook and it isn't working, or I've tried Google and it isn't working, or I've tried YouTube and it isn't working. And what I've discovered is there's a lot of people who really have tried, like they've tried Facebook and Google and YouTube and direct mail, and legitimately it hasn't worked. But it's not because that platform doesn't work for them it goes deeper than that. And I found that this is another sweet spot that we're having where we help people transform Mm. this one key piece. And so ideally you'll leave here with some good insight on how you can do this, do the mini version immediately. And that is to transform your offer, right? And we opened the show with that. In fact, you talk, you know, it's the, how do you create your irresistible offer? And there's a few different layers that I'd like to put some light on overall. And so there's four key parts. When you're going to think about your offer, think about it in terms of A, your unique market to start with. B, your unique message for that market. C, your unique method for that market and message. And then your unique offer. Now, let me give you, let me put some context to this. And the simpler this is, the better. And I'm going to give you two, maybe three examples that you can use as jumping off points. So, number one, like one of our good friends, Dave Asprey. I mean, his company, Bulletproof Coffee, has exploded in the last three years. I mean, it, you know, I think it's on uh, 100 million plus revenue now, and I believe his valuation is you know, billions of dollars and so on. But as I've assessed Bulletproof Coffee here, let me give you the four key parts of his. So his unique market is defined as fitness enthusiasts who love coffee, hmm. right? See, there are a lot of coffee manufacturers, a lot of coffee companies, you know, brick and mortar and otherwise, but he combined a unique niche market, fitness enthusiasts who love coffee, right? That had never really been done before that I know of. Then his unique message, right, to be able to speak to is actually get fit while you drink coffee. So true. How simple is that? Like when you really think about it, get fit while you're drinking coffee, right? Or drink coffee and get fit. That's so simple. So what could you do as you're listening right now to simply identify your unique market, maybe look at how can you be different than anybody else? Sally Hogshead, in fact, says it best. It's better to be different than it is to be better, right? So how can you be different? And think of it in these four areas. So your unique market, your unique message, what is his unique method to deliver it? Add grass-fed butter to your coffee. So whether you ever use his coffee If you add grass-fed butter to any coffee, there are certain traits and properties that you'll gain that allow you to have some level of getting fit while you drink coffee. If you happen to do it with his coffee, the proposition is that it would be better, right? And then that leads to his unique offer, which started as Bulletproof Coffee, right? Simple offer, Bulletproof Coffee. It's now transformed into like Bulletproof 360, right? So as you're listening right now, what could you do to be irresistible, to put yourself in a position? Imagine that, right? What if you could put yourself in a position you're never commoditized? You have no competition. If you get clear on these four things, it's amazing what can happen. So let's now go to like P90X, which people are fairly familiar with, which is an exercise program run by a company called Beachbody. So what is their unique market? It's fitness enthusiasts, a little more broad, right? then what is their unique message? Their unique message is get ripped in 90 days or less. 
right? Their unique method is what's called muscle confusion, right? It's a proprietary method to be able to make that happen. And then their unique offer is a program called P90X, right? So what could you do to totally transform your offer as you're listening or watching right now to go out there? And I, in doing this, you know, we have a client, Dr. Scott, that we took through this process and we spent a day together and we totally took him from a place where he was attracting $500 clients, kind of viewed in the market that he was in as a Facebook expert. Since we put this in place, he's now attracting clients who he offers a done-for-you service. He attracts $5,000 a month or $60,000 a year. It's a completely different business model. And I believe at last count, his business has doubled since we helped put this in place. Right Now, I'm not saying that that's going to exactly happen for you because there's other pieces to it. But the offer will make you better with your Facebook, your Google, your YouTube. All of it works better when you have the right offer to match the audience. So there we go. Damn. Like, look, complete. I'm ready to go home. It's been an amazing episode. Screw the fulfillment round today. We're just business 101. All right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Let's shift into the fulfillment round. Now, the only rules you need to know is you can't phone a friend. So put your phone down. There's no right or wrong. There's just the answer. Okay. And this isn't anything other than us getting to know you maybe on a deeper level, but they're all around fun questions. If you had They probably should be less than 12 minutes an answer. All right. Ready? (laughs) Comedy show. Ladies and gentlemen, you get to go to a blast from your past. You have three comedians to go to see tonight. Rodney Dangerfield, Richard Pryor, and I'll even go to Jackie Gleason. Who would you choose to see if they were all performing on the same night in all different auditoriums? Richard Pryor, hands down. Which one? Richard Pryor, hands down. All right. Richard Pryor. Favorite Richard Pryor movie? Stir Crazy. All right. How were you in the 70s? What kind of wild child were you in the 70s? Wild child. I would just say that I was a black sheep. I was always at some sports field or court, and I never came home on time because I was always just playing. I mean, that's as crazy as I really was as a kid. I like that. Kind of music you grew up on. Oh, (laughs) so Van Halen, from a rock and roll point of view, it was also really the evolution of rap. Really? The evolution rap. Did you have a favorite kind of like rapper that you kind of like to listen to more? Well, okay. So to put context to how I grew up, where I grew up until I was 22, we didn't even have cable TV, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, so I get it now. <laughs> we, uh, my dad actually at one point got pirated cable and we had one channel. We had I've HBO. I've never heard of anybody doing that before, Dan. <laughs> yeah. So we had one channel at that time, pirated HBO in this other station that was a sports network called Pass in Michigan. And so, for example, Michael Jackson was pretty big. Herbie Hancock became uh-huh. pretty big. And if you don't know who that is, if you're listening or watching, no big deal. But Tony, you probably remember, remember that thriller was like the big video sensation at that time overall. So I wasn't around a lot of extra you know, video or music and stuff like that because we didn't even have full cable until I was 22 years old, which would have been 1990. Do you remember rabbit ears? Oh, yeah. We had rabbit ears, aluminum foil running up the wall. <laughs> Were you ever fortunate enough growing up? Did you ever have like an Atari system that you got to plug into the TV? Oh, yeah. Totally. Atari and television and ColecoVision. Favorite invention of technology that you've seen since you're kind of brought into this world, right? We've seen, like, I didn't get a chance to see the record player or the cassette player, sort of like the A-track machine, but I did see the cassette. I did see 
the mini DVD disc, you know, the, what kind of thing have you seen has been the, the home big? computer, buddy, yeah. the home computer, hands down. I learned my first programming language. Not that I talk a lot. I know a lot more about computers than most would realize, but I learned basic programming at like 10 years old and was started programming games when I was young. So I was playing on a, I forget, a Texas Instruments home computer back then. But then I quickly moved from Atari to Intellivision. For me, Intellivision was like this amazing three-dimensional game instead of Atari, which was very two-dimensional. And then Coleco followed that shortly thereafter and was a little bit more three-dimensional overall. But I would say the PC yeah, totally changed everything for everybody. Man, I've just been fascinated. I, you know, like when you start getting down to it, like, you know, a lot. And that's kind of goes back to the beginning. You, you do what you want with who you want, when you want. And if you could get your band of brothers, there's a new movie out called Tag, you know, two or three people get together. Like, who was your posse growing up? And are you still in touch with those people today? In touch, yes, but not as close as we uh, were when we were younger. But a good friend of mine is a kid named Alan Kovacs and another named Lenny Griswold. We played ball together. Lenny was a little more affluent than Al or I. Al's dad had his own business. My dad worked in the thing, but my dad was a coach of these guys. And their dads and my dad were good friends. And we ran together for a while. Lenny and I and Alan have talked you know, intermittently over the years on Facebook, you know, Facebook being the platform that it is, but they were the crew that I grew up with and hung out with all the time as a kid from about, I want to say 10, 11, 10 years old, all the way up to about 16, 17 in high school. Yeah. And I love it. All right. You and your wife can't go out tonight to go get ice cream or coffee. You can't even go out in your hometown. Where's a place that you would love to take your wife out tonight if it wasn't your hometown? Oh, wow. Another comedy show. How about that? All right. Simple. All right, Dan Cushel, we made it through really a tough struggle. We got to know a lot about you. We got to learn a lot today from you. We got to understand your genius at work. We got to see kind of the connections of life, right? From your upbringing with your dad and how now that's full circle and giving back to your son and you're going to go run ladders later today. You're going to keep moving forward. We're going to be praying for your mom. We're going to be talking about how strong your dad is for years to come and how that connection, you know, being there to support your mom has been something that you look up to and you're inspired by. We're also going to be talking about you recording that conversation with your mom and your dad and having some data back on them so you can have something to pass on through generations. And, you know, from the very beginning of when I put all my notes down and I started checking, I got present with you today. I was able to be present with you. You got present with me. You shared a lot with the audience. I want to say thank you very much for coming on this journey. It means a lot. That's mutual, my friend. Thank you. And I want you to know something. You were talking about at the break, you were admiring my facial hair. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And you were saying, man, it looks good. And then you're like, man, I don't know how you have that thick thing going on the top of your head. And I leaned down and I said, you know, I'm losing my hair. But the one thing that I didn't lose today is to be present, to remind myself that it all matters. Like we're going somewhere and it's not about how you look, but how you feel. And going on the journey with you today has been just incredible because it keeps stretching me. And that's what we said about in the beginning. Are you going to be stretchable today or are you going to be somebody who knows it all and is not willing to take any risk? And you said towards the end of the interview, you said, I don't think I've ever shared that stuff before. Was there something specific that you just felt comfortable enough for me to ask you or was it just something that you're like, screw it, I'll just say it. I just, I'm always curious. Well, I think you create a safe place, brother. You... uh are someone I admire, I respect, and you create a safe place to just be able to share it and be open and be vulnerable. And that's a gift. You have an incredible gift to help people just be at ease. And I'm grateful for that. 
Well, thank you very much. And I appreciate it. And as always, that is my good friend, Dan Cushell. And, and we'll put all of the information in the show notes today so you can get connected with Breakthrough X. You can learn all about what he's up to and you, you can write to him. And that's what I love. Dan's like, hey, send me some info. Like you got a question, send it to me. I want to learn more about you. And if there's an opportunity for us to work together, that's awesome. So we're going to create the space for you to ask him more questions. Find him online. He's on all the social feeds and outlets that you need to know. But the one thing that you'll continuously see is he's everywhere because he's figured out marketing and knowing how to stay in front and be engaging with people. And that's what I love most about you. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Tony Grebmeyer. It's been another episode of the Be Fulfilled Show. It's the real stories behind success. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, Choose to make today the best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at drainersanddrivers.com and download my free mini course designed to give you more clarity and freedom in your day. It might just change your life forever. Forever.